I'm so thrilled to share with you guys a concept that has literally changed my life as a mom, positive parenting. And I feel so grateful to have the woman who taught me the ways via Instagram stories on the podcast today to teach all of you too. Ralphie Jacobs from Simply On Purpose shares with us today her basic principles of positive parenting and how you can bring the joy back into parenting your children as you implement these simple principles. I've been amazed time and time again how her teachings really work, and I cannot wait to share Ralphie's positive parenting magic with all of you. I am so, so thrilled to have Ralphie here today with me. She has, this is going to sound totally cliche, but she has totally changed our life as a parent and Neil too. And I feel like we're a million times better parents because of you, Ralphie. So I'm super excited to have you on. And do you want to just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you're all about? I would love to. Thanks for having me on. This is a lot of fun. So um, yeah, my name is Ralphie Jacobs. I live in Austin, Texas. I have four daughters. My husband, uh, we just are living the dream, having a doll collection. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, I am the founder of Simply On Purpose, which I created to change children's lives. I I created it to add peace and happiness into homes and for parents to feel more empowered and to give them skills so that they can feel good about their role and what they're doing and the influence they, they have in their home. I uh, teach at workshops and summits and conferences across the U.S. on Simply On Purpose Parenting, and it's just grown really fast, and I'm just kind of <laughs> letting Jesus take the will, <laughs> basically. That's so awesome. We're actually going to your parenting workshop in Dana Point next week. I am so excited. I oh, was, my word. I was How thrilled fun. when I saw that pop up, and I was like, we're, we have to clear our calendars. We're not doing anything else. But this, this is like, yeah, I'm really excited about it. But I want to say, too, that you provide so much incredible free content on your Instagram feed, um, which is just at Simply On Purpose, correct? Yes, it's at Simply On Purpose. And that's a huge goal of mine is to just be really generous um, because, man, I mean, like parenting is so difficult mm-hmm. and it's hard to get deep into what feels like truth to us. And so if I can be really generous, um, I just, I know that I would have been so grateful to have that information 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it would have made a world of difference for me. So I, I'm just out there to help people. (laughs) Well, you've really helped us. I I can only speak for myself, but so the way, this is how I found you, Ralphie, a year ago ish, I was just struggling with one of my kids and I have three girls. So I have a six-and-a-half-year-old, a a four-year-old, and a nine-month-old. And to be honest, I can't even remember which one it was. Probably my older because she's she really can be a tough kid. Both of my older girls are very, very sweet, tender-hearted girls, but they can be tough too, you know, like all kids can. Yeah. Um, And I remember putting out an Instagram post that said, hey, I'm struggling as a mom what are your tips? What are your resources? Where are you getting your information? And so many people sent me to your profile, which I think at the time was just kind of picking up and growing. And I remember the first like highlight bubble that I watched was about spanking and something you said just like pierced me to the core. You said, can you ever imagine Christ hitting a child? And I thought about it and was like, oh my gosh, she is so right. And Neil and I have always like 
since before we had kids kind of decided, you know, like, I, I just don't think that's going to be the route for us. And I will admit that I spanked our oldest one time and I felt awful after. I felt terrible. I was like, I thought kind of like, okay, well, nothing else has worked. I'll try this. And I tried it and I was like, that made me feel so icky. I don't ever want to do that again. But anyway, getting back to finding you, that got me on a roll. Then I started listening to all your other highlight bubbles and just following you and and then I got my husband into it and we were like, wow, this, she really has something figured out here with this positive parenting thing. So tell me like where you got started with this. Well, that's my degree. My degree is in early childhood education. And so learning how children learn, learning that how they connect the dots, so what their brain development is. I just always had a passion for children and how they learn. So that was very innate in me. Uh, but as my children grew older and I got into the thick of being a parent and growing a family, I noticed that there was this big difference between where I actually wanted to be and where I felt like I could or should perform and where I actually was performing. And so I became desperate and like wanted all the tools and all the skills and um, Mm -hmm. just dug really deep into learning more about behavioral science, which is really fascinating to me, and also about more like Christ-like parenting, what that looks like, trying to find uh, more information about the nature of our Heavenly Father, and just like kind of connecting those dots. And then once I felt like I really got something here, it's kind of like when you, um, I don't know, you discover like the best flavor of ice cream, and you have to share it with everyone. That's what Mm -hmm. I, I felt like. I was like, I have to like, I can't, this is this is too big. You can't like keep I want, it to yourself. Yeah, I can't keep it to myself. I have to share it with people. And so I changed my handle to Simply On Purpose and just said, okay, I'm just going to go where moms are and I'm going to be vulnerable and just start using Instagram stories, which was very new a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So I started using that as a platform to just teach. And so I just taught and taught and taught and taught through there. And because I am solving people's problems, they're really good at sharing those solutions with others. Yeah, um, That's what we do as a community, as mothers, is we want to share the good. And so they're, oh, so good at sharing the good. So that's how it's grown so quickly is just by good people like you. That's so cool. And your mom had an influence on you too, right? I've seen your mom on your stories a little bit. Talk about her and how she's influenced you to be this amazing teacher and parent. No, my mother is an incredible person, probably one of the hardest workers I know. So a little bit about me and what has triggered all of this is that I grew up in a very unique situation where I have a disabled father who has been disabled since I was five years old. And um, he's been in a wheelchair since I was 10. Mm. So when he got sick, my mother had to go back and be the breadwinner. And she not only (laughs) got an education, but like blew it out of the water she has two master's degrees and a PhD in child psychology. And she just has taught me from day one that children are not distractions. Mm. They're our most important work yeah. by far. And my father has taught me that just by being positive, even our hardest days are made not just bearable, but even joyful. He's so good at being positive, no matter, like I'll call him on the phone and I'll find out later that he had just went to the hospital to have a transfusion or had a bad infection, but always on the phone, he'll say, wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. 
<laughs> just kind of like com- trying to convince himself maybe, but yeah. it's, it's, it's miraculous what you can do for your children to just be happy. He has, he has saved us and protected us from so much sorrow just because wow. he's been happy. Yeah. That's so neat. Okay. So, so for someone I'm trying to picture like, because again, like you've just changed everything about how we parent, but I'm trying to think of like the <laughs> mom that's listening to this that has no yeah. exposure to you. So let's talk just a little bit about the basics of what that positive parenting looks like and maybe like the avoiding the junk thing or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah kind of where to start. Yep. So the unique thing about positive parenting is ju- it's just what it sounds like. You just are focusing on the positive. And it's very research-based, very research-based. The research behind it is that basically the best way to get rid of those misbehaviors, those things that we don't like, is to reinforce good behavior through positive reinforcement. So that's just it. That's the golden rule of parenting, is that being positive works better. Um, And I wish that I knew that. I wish that I knew that a long time ago when I was very young in my parenting, and I wish that everyone knew it now. I mean, if you knew that there was a better way to make a cake or to paint your room or to do your makeup or whatever, you would do it, right? Right. Yeah. So there is a better way. There's a better way and it's the positive way. And I, and I, and I want that perception of fear-based parenting, that it works. I want that to change because it does work in the short term. It's very self-reinforcing for a parent to yell, to get angry, to belittle, to basically nullify a child's will and override their agency. That's very self-reinforcing because it works short term. Mm-hmm. But we lose sight of the fact that we are, we're really harming a relationship. We're actually developing within our child a story that we don't want to develop. Right. Um, and there's no choice involved with a child if you take away their will, if you take away their agency. They don't have choice. And we learn over and over again that choice is like the number one component for happiness. If you, yeah. a child has choice or if a parent has choice, if a parent can just feel like they're, being, they're in control of, what, of their decisions and it's not reactive, if they can choose deliberately, they're happier too. Just like you were saying with when you, you spanked a child and you felt so bad, it was because it was a reactive behavior and it mm-hmm. wasn't really like a conscious, deliberate decision. So when a child you take away that choice and you have fear-based parenting, what children learn is to just be authority driven. And they actually shirk responsibility because they don't want to be responsible for their choices. They've learned to have other people make their decisions for them. So they're, they're less self-reliant. They are less self-driven. They have a harder time accepting consequences, whether they be good or bad. They are not taught to be solution finders. And most importantly, they're not taught how to learn to love to behave well, which is like the number one thing about positive parenting is that we're teaching our child to learn to love to behave well. Yeah. Over and and over and over again. Yeah. It's unbelievable how fast it works. Yeah, it really is. It's it. You can make a difference in one day, in one day. And I just want to like, Say that to your audience. You can make a difference in one day. If you just stop looking for all the things that are going wrong. By the way, that's like the default for our brain. Like (laughs) the software in our brain, like the title of it is something is going wrong. 
And our brain will just look for those things that are going wrong all the time because it feels like if something, it's like survival. Basically, we're protecting ourselves. So we're always looking for things that are going wrong. But if we can just override that and start to learn and to teach, reteach our brain to look for things that are going right and ignore the things that are going wrong, <laughs> pay attention to the things that are going right, reinforce it, it makes such a great, great difference. And I'll like tell you a crazy statistic is that 95% of the good that our children do is ignored. It's completely wow. ignored. 95%. There's so many good, wonderful, invisible things that they're doing mm -hmm. that we just ignore them because we use that a uh, very common phrase, leave well enough alone, right? Like just leave it alone. It's well enough, like leave it alone. Or we'll like sneak away because they're behaving well. So, cause we can finally get something done. But my suggestion is, is to stop what you're doing. Stop your busy life and go and let them know that you love it. You mm -hmm. love what they're doing. And it, th those things will become stronger. You're reinforcing it because the number one reinforcer for a child's behavior is just your attention. So if you can just give them attention. Yeah. The reason why they produce so much junk is because they get starved for attention. They become right. starved. Right, totally. Yeah. Well, so this is funny. I feel like as you practice it too, you rewire your brain as a parent too, right? Because yeah. we were sitting in church this past Sunday and I'm sitting with the baby, and then our two older girls, four and six, are down the bench, and I look over, and they're, like, coloring, like, quietly, just sitting in their seats, and I elbowed my husband, and I was like, give them positive attention right now, <laughs> and so he's like, wow, guys, good job, and, you know, both their faces just look up, and they're beaming, Aww. and it does, it trains you to think, like, to look for, be, like, the detective for the good things instead of being like, what are you getting into, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's why it works so well. And like you said, it works so quickly. Mm -hmm. Is that if you can just pay attention to what they're behaving when they're behaving well, ignore the junk, 80% of the junk goes away. Without, yeah. like you saying, anything at all, no kind of negative discipline, no punishments, no punitive, no conse negative consequences. It's just looking for good and paying attention to that. And doesn't that sound so much more enjoyable? Uh, to oh, like do so much that, more fun. so <laughs> much more enjoyable. Yes, to do that. And what's interesting is that, like you said, your child's behavior is getting better, but your behavior is getting better too. Mm -hmm. So you're just moving forward together, and you're both creating more good. So it just is exponentially growing very quickly. That's so awesome. Okay, give us like a concrete, like an, an example where a mom, because I feel like as a mom, sometimes you'll hear stuff like this and you're like, well, mm -hmm. that sounds great, but what, what happens right. when real yeah. life, you know, yeah. so what does that look like in real life? Okay, so what that looks like in real life, let's say a very common example would be children arguing over something, right? Okay. So let's say they're in the toy room and they're arguing over whose turn it is to play with the red truck. So they're starting, they're arguing back and forth. It's my turn. No, you had it yesterday. And they're, they're getting mad and you're seeing them yell and you're hearing and, and it feels like contention, right? It feels like mm -hmm. violence. It feels like there's something wrong and you're the parent, you're the authority. It's your job to go in there and nip that in the bud and <laughs> get to stop doing it, right? Like that's the traditional form of parenting. Totally. Get them to stop doing it. What I want you to do is to ignore it. 
completely ignore it because first of all, they're just arguing. It's very natural and very normal for siblings to argue with each other. That's just, we call that inconsequential behavior. They're not like punching, they're not doing damage, they're not destroying either emotionally or physically, they're not doing anything like that. They're just yelling at each other. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you see something like that that's going wrong, I want you to automatically try to find something that's going right. Try to find something that's good. It could be, you could pay attention to the, those children that are yelling and you could say something like, guys, thank you so much for talking about this together and, and working it out. Um, I really appreciate it when you guys are using your words to make sure that you let each other know how you're feeling. Thanks so much for doing that. And then just Even if you away. don't love the delivery of how they're doing it. Yeah. It, okay. So that's another skill. We can go into that too. Even if they're not exactly performing to what you're saying, they will rise mm. to that. It's called approximate behavior. So even though they're still yelling it and they're like, well, you're stupid. Well, you're dumb. Well, you don't know anything or whatever, right? The really bad words that come out when kids, <laughs> when kids are really angry with each other. Yeah. Even if they're not quite doing that, you can say that you see that in them. Because I, I love it when people do that for me. Like if, mm -hmm. if somebody's like, Ralphie, you're the most organized person that I know. And in my head, I'm like, no, I'm not. But I'm, I'm going to be. I'm going to be better because you see that in me. And man, yeah. especially when you're around, I'm going to try to look really organized. <laughs> so your children will do that too. Or you can completely ignore them, not pay attention to them at all, go into a different part of the house and make sure that you pay attention to children that are behaving well. So if these two children are yelling at each other about the truck, you can go find a child that's behaving well and give that child attention. So you can say, hey, Susan, would you like to come and play cards with me? Let's sit down and let's have a card game together and start playing the card game. And what I recommend is you time it. Time how long it's going to take for those two to stop arguing and mm -hmm. come down and play the card game with you. And it's usually less than one minute. Yeah, it is insane how well that works with our girls. Like, yeah. we, and we use it at dinner time mostly, where like, yeah, one of them is like throwing their food on the floor, or just being naughty, and the other one, like, if we can at least find one, the, you know, one behavior that the other one's doing right, like, oh, Annabelle, that's so nice that you're using your fork to eat your food instead of your hands. Good job. The other one just immediately sits right up and is like searching for the fork and how do I use it and mm -hmm. you know. Yes. Yeah. It's that old teacher trick where the teacher just says, oh, I see two people sitting on their chairs. Oh, I see five people sitting on their chairs. I see 10 people. It's just you're creating momentum for good behavior just by saying what you see that you like. Mm -hmm. it's, so, it's so reinforcing for a child. Oh, they, their brains are wired in a way where they look to you for everything. You are their North Star. So you model all behavior for them. They want to make you happy. And that's just something that we haven't evolved out of yet. Like it's, it is a survival thing. They want to make their parent happy and they model after their parent to survive. So yeah, it, they, they do that pretty miraculously well. They'll mirror our behavior really quickly. So one of my questions when I started using your positive parenting methods was, okay, what does this look like in public though? When they're like annoying other people for at a restaurant or for sitting in church or what, what do you do then? Well, okay. So there's a couple of things that you can do. First of all, I really encourage parents to think ahead. One of the things that we 
a tool that we have at our ready that we just don't use nearly enough is to be able to predict the future. Mm. We should be able to predict the future really well because we know our kids so well. Mm -hmm. So if you know your child and you're like, oh, it's going to be hard at the restaurant or, oh, they might throw a tantrum at the store or they might scream in the middle of our church block, then think of something that would be proactive. The number one, if they're old enough, set really clear expectations and go through it with them. And then also have a reward that you attach to it. Like if you can do it, then you can have, then we can do this. And it can be really mm -hmm. simple things. Like if you can stay in the grocery cart the whole way, the whole way um, while mommy is grocery shopping, then you can put all of the grocery food on the conveyor belt all by yourself. So be proactive and think beforehand and give clear expectations before you even get out of the car. Okay, if you can really just, good. yeah, if you can just be really clear about how you would like your children to behave, they'll behave that way. If you just let them know how you'd like them to behave. I think we just assume that our children have an adult brain, but they, they don't have an adult brain. Right. They're still developing. Even though they're born, they're still developing just like they were in our womb. So they have to grow through lots of experiences and we can't assume that they know how to behave. Totally. I remember before I found you, there were nights where I would lay in bed at the end of the day and tell my husband, I swear they are like just trying to torture me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, we've all felt like that. Many but times. it's not. It's like they're just curious little tiny mm -hmm. humans who have no idea how to do life yet. Yeah, they don't. They don't. Oh, there's so many things that they're still learning. And our, and our adult brain tries to understand their child brain. And mm -hmm. there's so many things that we just don't understand why they're doing it. It's because a lot of the decisions that they're making are functional. They're just functional. Yeah. They don't have any, like, Put they don't have a moral enough. compass. They yeah. don't have a moral compass yet. Or they don't have, they don't have like social propriety or like social inhibition yet either. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're making a lot of functional decisions. And it's often pretty embarrassing to a parent. So going back to that, like those, even if you set clear expectations or you forgot to set clear expectations before you leave and making sure also that you don't go places when a child is hungry or tired, mm -hmm. <laughs> those are two big yeah. things because that's not setting you or the child up for success and it's not fair to either of you. If you didn't do that and you don't, you didn't remember to do that, all I can say to you at that point is to just stay safe. What I mean by stay safe is that don't let their behavior dictate how you behave and be a safe place for them to come to. Even if they're mad or angry, you stay calm, you stay put together, you stay as if you know what you're doing and you're not losing your mind. Children figure it out pretty quickly through your body language if their behavior is getting to you. So just show no sign whatsoever that what they're doing is getting to you. Have a safe face. I think that parents, we frown way too much. So if you can just get a smile on your face, it looks like you know what you're doing, even if you don't. I mean, one of my favorite quotes is be positive, especially if you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so I just, I'll just put a smile on my face and I'll just say, yeah. And we'll just do it as quickly, get through things as quickly as we can. Or I just make the best of things and just say, wow, that was difficult what can we do next time to make it better and come up with a plan with our child, collaborate with your child as much as you can, because their logic is going to work far better for them 
than your logic. So ask them questions. When you're trying to teach your child, ask lots and lots of questions because they teach themselves better than you can teach them. I really like that. I don't know that I've thought of that before, just asking them questions so they can teach themselves. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it works much better. Okay, I want to ask you about a second ago you talked about like the reward system and and that was another question when I found you like the bribery thing like because I was like oh is that good to like set them up because I, I didn't want it to be like a now I always expect a reward every time I do something good but I know you mm-hmm. have some strong feelings about that so to share with us what you think <laughs> well so there are like very different schools of thought there from what I know about myself and what, what I know about children is that we all function on rewards. We all do. We all, as a society, we function on incentives. I mean, that's why we go to work. That's why we curl our hair. That's why we make our bed. Some of those rewards are intrinsic. Some of them are extrinsic, but we all fo- function on rewards. Right. Children are a little special animal in the way that they have not had a lot of life experience yet to have extrinsic become intrinsic. So they don't run on intrinsic rewards quite yet. Mm -hmm. They're learning how to do it, but the only way to get them there is for them to have lots of positive experiences with the behavior that you're trying to teach them, whether that be brushing their teeth or staying in the grocery cart or making their bed or keeping their room clean or putting their shoes away or All of these behaviors are learned behaviors, just like training a puppy dog to sit or to roll over to stay. They're learned behaviors. And the only way to get them there to create momentum is to have an extrinsic reward. And the law is that once things are extrinsic, they will become intrinsic if you do it correctly. I think that the thing that parents fear with extrinsic is, like you said, you're voicing their concerns is that that looks like a bribery mm-hmm. and bribery is like very negative, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's illegal. <laughs> that's <laughs> a bribe. But there's a difference between a bribe and an incentive. So a bribe is, uh, okay, so this is what a bribe looks like when you're trying to get a child into a car seat and you know how you're like elbowing them in and you're getting oh, yes. your in there trying to get them in and you're Every like, day. yeah, you're like, just get in your car seat, please. I'll give you a lollipop. That's a bribe. That's a bribe. Okay. Okay, so a bribe is like an immediate dopamine hit to the brain. So it puts the child in control of the parent because mm-hmm. there's an immediate reward. And it's, a, and it's a reactive response to a misbehavior. Okay, yeah. so that's a bribe. An incentive is very, very different. An incentive encourages brain growth. So it encourages problem solving, it encourages goal setting, it encourages effort and work. So if you tell your child before you get to the grocery store, if you can stay in your cart the whole time and, you, and you're my good helper, and then you can put all the stuff on the conveyor belt. So the child has to think to themselves, can I do it? Oh, I really want to get out of the cart, but no, I, I can do it. I can stay in the cart. So they're struggling, they're pushing, they're goal-oriented, there's effort, there's, and then there's a reward at the end. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're very much different. And the incentive gives the child self-confidence. 
helped to try I did. Yeah, look what I did. I I made it to my goal. I'm I'm an achiever and it just it creates self reliance. It creates self-regulation. That's another huge thing that it creates. It creates self-management. So if a child can just learn to manage their need for satisfaction in the moment, they just become so much more successful as adults. So if you can create incentives that help that brain grow and to have those rewards in the future at a little bit of a distance when they're young, they need to be uh, fairly close, like within an hour or 30 minutes or whatever. Mm -hmm. But as they grow older, space them out and push them so that their brain will continue to grow. If they can manage that self, that need for being satisfied, they are more successful in their business. They're more successful with their families. They're more successful with their finances and they're more successful with their health. Just being able to manage their need for, for satisfaction. Yeah. Wow. So it's not, it's not, I just think that we, we want our children to be our better selves. I, wanna, mm-hmm. my, I want my child to do it just because it's the right thing to do. But they, they that's don't. That's not how uh, they work. Right. That's not how they work. That's not how I work either. Yeah. Let's be honest, right? Even like the term um, selfless service, it's not true. Right. Because we feel joy mm-hmm. when we serve other people. So we're still getting a reward. Yeah. So we can't expect our children to automatically have intrinsic rewards or to automatically function at a higher level than we can ourselves. We need to get them going. We need to get them to that place where they do have those intrinsic rewards. And the way to get them there is to have some kind of incentives that are stretching their brain and allowing their brain to grow. Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. Now I want to ask you, we talked just for a brief second before we started the interview about summer. That word, I'm like excited but scared. <laughs> I know. It's like a mix. It's a mixed emotion, isn't it? Oh my gosh. So let's talk about summer. I want to talk about things like friends coming over, our kids going to friends' houses, um, like the pantry and the snacks and all, just like how to have some structure but still make your home and your kids want to be around and to feel loved and then and then like parenting other kids kids <laughs> or other par- other people's kids you know yeah how do we do it all oh my goodness that's a big question you can't <laughs> yeah you can't no no we can't I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to do it all and then we feel disappointment mm-hmm so the only, I mean, I feel like the, there's no such thing as balance in the, the traditional sense. I, I like to think of, you know, that magic trick where he's like spinning a plate on a rod and he gets that one going. So he moves over to another one. He starts to spin that one, but the next plate starts slowing down. So he's got to go back and spin it. Uh-huh. That's what I feel like. That's what balance is, yeah. is that you have to pay attention to the things that need your attention in the moment or in that phase or stage of your life. And in the summertime, you can't have it all, but you can try to set yourself and your family up for the happiest summer or the most purposeful summer that you can. Uh, Let's see, you talked about snacks. So every family is different. I think that some families just say the kitchen is closed. It's Mm -hmm. closed from this time to this time and they'll even post a sign. And those are, that's just a form of having a clear expectation for your child um, that this, um, you're having a snack at three o'clock and that's, that, that will be the time where we do the mom store or whatever you want to do. Yeah, there's I a highlight, <laughs> there's a highlight bubble in my Instagram feed if you're interested. 
in the mom store. Or my mom, because she had nine children, she was like, I have a free food and it is just available at any time whenever you want it, but it's only this specific food. Hmm. And it was like either a cheese stick or an apple or like something that was pretty healthy, Mm -hmm. but was fairly filling. And it was just inexpensive and just available all uh, all the time. So just find out what works for you. If you want to have the kitchen closed and then open again, or if you want to do the free food, um, but just make sure that your children know what your plan is and have them repeat it back to you or have it written down somewhere so that you can point at it and say, remember, we talked about this before. This is the plan for the summer. And they're like, oh, darn, you know, they'll grumble about it still, but But it makes them feel safe, right? To know what the plan is. Exactly. Exactly. Children thrive on limits. Mm -hmm. They thrive. They will grumble. They will moan. But I can't tell you how many DMs I get back. I talked for a little while a few weeks about go about setting boundaries for your children and how much they thrive on boundaries. And it's our role as parents to set boundaries for them. And I lots of DMs from parents like that are grown adults and they said, I wish that my parents had set more limits or more boundaries for me. I felt like they didn't care about me yeah. because they weren't setting those limits or those boundaries that they didn't care. Yeah. I remember you saying in those stories that there were kids that said, I wish I had a curfew. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Crazy. Even though they'll moan or whine about it, it lets them know you matter to me. Your long-term happiness is more important to me than you being really, you know, being happy with me right now. Mm -hmm. I'd rather you have good habits or for us to be a consistent family and for us to create these kind of systems and boundaries that run in the background so that we can have a lot of fun. And I don't have to worry about parenting or being the moderator or the, you know, the mentor, whatever. That's not the right word. Um, But anyway, like worrying about all those little details I can have fun with you. Yeah. When we set it, when we set it up like that. So another thing about little kiddos coming in and out, I had a friend that had this brilliant idea where she put a little, I know, Ooh, she put a, a piece of paper on her door and some doors are magnetic. Some aren't, but hers was, and she, and one side of the paper was green and then the other side of the paper was red. Okay. So if it was green, then little kiddos could come and knock on the door and it was playtime. It was a good time to play. But if it was red, it just sent them a message like, we're having family time right now and um, we're not able to play right now. Yeah. So again, those boundaries, right? Of This is family time and we're protecting family time or this is a time when we work together to keep the home clean or this is a time when we, we read together as a family. But yeah, setting those, setting those boundaries for your children. Gosh, yeah, it's hard to know what to do, right? Because I, I think about my husband and his relationship with the, with the boys that he grew up with. That he just feels like they're his brothers. You know, they like they yeah. just ran around and just played, rode their bikes, dug in the mud, did all of that, all, sun up to sundown every day. You know, yeah, yeah. And I want that for my kids, but I also want for my kids. Like I look back at my childhood, and most of my summers were spent practicing the piano, reading books, like developing skills, being disciplined. And like, we want both of those things for our kids, but we're kind of like, Oh, how do we do it? Right. I don't know. What's your guidance there? Um, I would do the hard things first. So in the morning time, get the things done because this works best for me too. And I'm sure with their brains too, 
is to get those harder things done first early in the morning. Do their piano practice if that's what you'd like them to do or to clean up or something that I have learned through mistakes <laughs> is that I used to do like the bridge activities. Do you know what those are? Like where there's like a, a workbook and you have okay. your children do that. They, they call it like a summer bridge. And so like summer homework kind of. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Like a bridge between third and fourth grade. And so there's like yeah. a big old packet of homework or whatever. And I'd be like, we need to practice handwriting. We need to practice I don't know, your math skills, you need to do your times tables, you know, this was like the teacher and me, I was like, I want you to be really prepared and have retention for the next year, it's gonna, it's really important. But my children didn't enjoy it. Yeah. It was more like me giving them a list of tasks rather than them being self-driven and having motivation internally. And that's mm -hmm. what we want, right? Yeah. We want internal motivation. So I changed it from giving them those lists, those to saying, what would you like to do? What is your goal? What would you like to learn mm -hmm. at the beginning of the summer? And we would just write down things and they were good stuff. And it was just kind of like an opening into their psyche a little bit. I want to learn how to bake bread. I'm really worried about tying my shoes. I need to learn how to do that before first grade. I want to learn how to ride my bike without training wheels. I want to learn how to make a little puppy dog with the rainbow looms. You know, like some of them were silly, but um, some yeah. of them I was like, that is a really good thing that you would like to learn. And, and that will bring self-confidence to you. I want to learn how to swim from the swimming pool, you know, um, end to end. And then we would write it down as a goal. And they would just work on that goal and practice that goal every day for an X amount of time. And then I, you know, and then I just kind of washed my hands with, of it after they did their chores and did their goal. It was just like, all right, now we have family, we have free time. We, have, we can have family time or we can have friend time, but doing those things early in the morning when they're fresh, and then you still have a good portion of your day. But I also say, don't feel bad about keeping your kids close to you. They, okay. they need you more than they need their peers. Yeah. yeah. So what does that look like? Keeping them close to you? Mm -hmm. That looks like prioritizing family time. And it also looks like not overscheduling them. Mm -hmm. It's important for them to be around you, for them to model after you, and for them to have a center of gravity. We want our children to orbit around us, like mm -hmm. for us to be the center and for them to orbit around us, rather than for them to orbit around their peers. If we outsource our future, if we outsource our children to lots of different things, then they will decide when they're ready to learn and we probably won't be there. Hmm. Yeah. And we can't, we can't decide, okay, now you're ready to learn. And now I'm going to teach you all the things that I want to teach you. That doesn't work. They'll decide when they're ready to learn. So we need to be present in their lives and we need to be um, patient and wait for them to be teachable. So keeping your children close to you, it's a, it's a really... It's an important thing, especially in today's world. It's important for them to have you be their North Star and for you to be the center yeah. of their lives. That's so true. I remember having a conversation with my mom about some of the like times that I felt like were real learning lessons. And, you know, it's like the times that she thought she was going to sit down and teach me something were were typically not the times that I remember really learning yeah. something from her. You know, it doesn't sync up that way, just like you're saying. Yeah. They were usually unexpected times. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah. And it's interesting if you ask her, you're like, hey, mom, do you remember that time that you sat down by my bed and I cried and because I flunked the test and you said I was going to be great and I had all this great potential? She'll probably have no memory of it. Right. Because you were teachable then mm-hmm. and she was present. And that's all we can ask for. I just, there's just a real kind of like an epidemic of children that are anxiety ridden and ridden and overwhelmed with life. And I think it's just because we have this honored badge of being busy yeah, and um, complicating everything. We overwhelm ourselves. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's a book called Simplicity Parenting where all he does is instead of prescribing medication for ADHD or ADD or anxiety or depression. He'll just go into homes and he'll just simplify their toy rooms, their bedrooms, their lives, their schedules, their, their responsibilities. And they do so much better without any medication. Wow. Yeah. That's super interesting. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I really feel like I was drawn to with you. I mean, nobody sets out to be a bad parent. My mom loves to say that. But I, you know, was like, I really want to be a good parent. I want to, you know, I want to learn. I want to be open to new ideas. And one of the books that we loved so much, it talked a lot about some of the things that you talk about. But it felt complicated. It felt like, okay, now you've got to devise this plan. I remember mm-hmm. there was a part in the book where it talked about like, okay, you got to get your friend to be ready to drive the car. And then you pretend that you're leaving your kid, but like someone else is like <laughs> creeping behind them, watching them. And I was like, I, I know exactly what book you're talking Right? I'm like, who has time for that? There were some really great concepts that we still use from that book. But that particular, like it always had a tone of like, Now you have to become this FBI, like, crazy, you know, like, think of all these complex parental, like, schemes to get your kids to do. And I just was like, I can't. I don't – I'm not smart enough for this, you know. And then – and it it would be like – the hard thing was it would catch me in the moment and I would be like, I don't have time to come up with a plan for, you know, Mm -hmm. how we're going to do this. And when Mm -hmm. I found your methods, it was like, this is – this is – doable and it's simple and I love that like simply on purpose yeah I love that that's your mission so can you speak to the simplicity of how you want parents to feel like I can do this yeah oh I love that question so much I totally feel the same way that you have felt I felt like there were so many messages I mean there's thousands upon thousands of parenting books out there Mm -hmm. and it is overwhelming especially when your children are such huge variables. You can't, it's really difficult to be ready for all situations. And I wanted something that is not only doable, that is very much like research-based and works really well. And simplicity, I mean, like that's, it, sometimes it gets confused with being easy, right? Like it's not, it's yeah. not easy things that we're, we're talking about here. Like First of all, the number one thing is you have to be in control of yourself. That's the first thing that you have to do. You have to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. It's just that regardless of what's happening, you have to stay safe. Yeah. Um, and that's a really hard thing to do, but it's so simple. It's just like if I can learn how to be in control of myself, if I can learn how to bite my cheek or to put a smile on my face or to let things mm-hmm. like wash over me, if my child's acting crazy, then I can still be calm. I don't have to allow them to 
cause like their be misbehavior to cause me to misbehave as an adult. And that's so, those are so, so that's a, such a simple principle. Yeah. And if you just, I mean, if you just like sift everything away and you just say, you are the model, you are the one that they are looking to for everything. You're the teacher. They'll mirror you. Mm-hmm. Everything that you communicate to your child will can be communicated back to you. If you could just realize that, then it is simple. I mean, it's difficult, but it's really, it's really simple. Yeah. But it's work. You got to do the work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is work. It is work. And I mean, I get messages too about like, oh, it's so, it's so hard. Sometimes I'll get into specific things like timeouts or potty training or keeping your toy room clean or all these other things. And then I'll start to get like these messages like, Oh, this is so, there's so much information. And that's, that's what's difficult for me as like a content creator. You're always creating content, right? Mm -hmm. It's, It's so hard, but just always stepping back and saying, these are, these are the principles. I mean, I teach these are the basics. Yeah. These are the basics. I teach four principles in my workshop. That's it. Four. And no matter what you learn, how much more you learn about parenting, if you can just figure those four out, then you're good to go. And the first one is to just be in control of yourself. I mean, that's the most important one. Mm-hmm. The second one is to, to teach your child and to remember that you're your child's teacher. They don't have an adult brain. And so to be really effective with your teaching and how to do that and what that looks like. The third one is to look for the good in your child. Instead of using so much energy and so much juice to pay attention to the junk, put that in a, in a place where it actually will work better for you in the future. Use it to teach a skill instead of just telling them to stop doing it. Teach them a skill of what you like to see so that they'll create more of that for you. And you're creating more momentum. And then the last one is to ignore inconsequential behavior. That's it. Like those are the four. Yeah. They're so, it's so, so simple. And they're so, there's so much research behind them. And, and they're, and they I mean, work. And they work. They work. They work. I can only speak well. from my own experience, but man, do they work. Yeah. Really simple. Very, very effective. And it's just like you feel joy in parenting. You start to enjoy your child. Yeah. which is kind of a miracle in itself. And I get that all the time. Like, it's magic. Mm. It's magic, Ralphie. There's joy in my home. It's just magic. And I, what I love is when parents can, will walk away from my workshops feeling lighter. Like, it is not your responsibility to be in control of your child. Like, that's their responsibility. They should be in control of themselves. You're just in control of you. That's all you have to be responsible for. And you create an environment for them. Yeah. And I'm like totally getting emotional as you're saying this because I just feel like as a mom, like you love these kids so much. I mean, I love my kids more than anything in the world, but gosh, I've sure had days where I'm just like, I am ready to send you to the zoo and take you back in a few years because you're so hard. It's hard sometimes, you know, and I like with I a lot of times I'm like my best efforts are failing me. Mm -hmm. But I definitely felt that joy that you're talking about, like when we shifted our mindset of how how we're going to parent these kids. And we're not perfect at it. And I I hope we'll get better at it when we go to your workshop next week. But but just that um, just like I said in church last week, where I was like, oh, my gosh, they're being good. Hurry, like 
yeah. give them positive reinforcement, you know, it has changed the way that we think about them, how we interact with them. And, and it does just make me feel like, oh my gosh, instead of all day feeling like I'm just running around, like picking up after their messes or looking for what I need to scold them on, I'm just enjoying their little victories and watching them develop these skills that are making like bringing out the best in them and that's that's what like being a mom should feel all about not like laying in bed going they are just trying to torture me yeah yeah I that's what I love about it too is that we're building on their strengths we're not focusing on weaknesses I mean how would you like to be in an environment where all people are doing day in and day out is looking at your weaknesses and letting you know that they see them I mean, that would be crushing. It would yeah. be, um, there's no growth there. But if you just build on strengths and you see the good and you, you, um, you keep building a child up, that's what we're doing is we're building a child. That's what raising a child is all about. Um, we raise them to be them, their best selves, to help them to see the places that they want to go and the places that they can achieve. That's our role as parents. And another thing that I wanted to say is that your ability to be a good parent has nothing to do with the decisions that your children are making. Mm. Because your ability to be a good parent is just defined by the choices that you make. Yeah. I think that so many parents worry about their children's behavior and it being reflected on them. Mm-hmm. I want, like there's two separate beings here, yes. right? You and your child. And a good parent is a parent that sacrifices for their child, that teaches their child and who loves their child. That's it. That's a good parent. So if you can go to bed every night, look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm a good parent. I'm a good mom. I'm a good dad. I love my kid. I'm doing the best that I can. And there's another statistic out there that I absolutely love, and it goes like this. All you have to do is get it right 40% of the time for your children to turn out fine. Oh, that's good. There's hope for me. (laughs) Oh, that's it. Like, it's not even half. You don't even have to do it halfway good. I I love that. Uh, It's like the statistic that I share at the end of my workshop because I'm like, you guys, only 40%. That's it. Yeah. Feel free to like mess up all the other times. They, they know that children are resilient. They grow. They sift through the things that you're doing. And if you can be human, all the better for your child, for you to come to them and say, I made a mistake. Yeah. I'm human. I'm learning too. Can you teach me? Because that's, that's their role too, is to be our, our teacher. That's so powerful. And so it, that's such an important concept for kids to see, like, we're human. We messed up. I messed up as a mom. You know, can you forgive me? I yeah. want to do better. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Can't you remember when your parents apologized to you? I definitely can. It's yeah, a big thing. It, it means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You just have, I mean, you've left us with so much good knowledge. And I, I could talk to you all day long, but I just want to know, if there's one message that you want people to walk away from, if there's one thing that you want them to remember from all of this, what's that one thing? I think that the one message is that your children love you, that they want to do things that will make you happy. And if you can just give them a piece of that, 
of your happiness and let them know that you, you love them and that you love to see what they're doing that's good. Your home will change. The, the environment in your home will be elevated and you can do it in one day. If you get better at seeing good, pretty soon that's all you'll see. And that's, that's, all, that's all I have to say. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'm just sitting here crying because that's so beautiful. And so it's so needed. We need that so bad. We need that as moms and just as people in general, you know? Yeah. So to yeah. just see the good in other people, but especially those those little people that are just so moldable. And, yeah, so thank you so much, Ralphie. I can't thank you enough for giving us this gift of your knowledge and your experience and just on a very on a personal note how much you've just changed me as a mom thank you oh oh it's my honor it really is it's such an honor to be in people's homes I can't even express how humbled I am and it's just the perfect example of when you are doing work that should be done it will just be magnified I'm just I'm just like I'm just a human that's just ready to go to work for families and that's it well, but oh. I mean, what a gift that you've given to so many people to be willing to do that work to spread a message that, you know, is so important. Anyway, gosh, this is, for the record, this is the most emotional I've been on any episode <laughs> that we've done before. But Oh, that's know, what family does. That's just speaks does. to the importance, yeah, of motherhood and parenting and all of that. So You're welcome. I'm so excited to see you. I know, I'm so excited awesome. too. So that's where can wonderful. people find you? Where can they find your workshops and more of your work and more of your goodness? I am on Instagram at Simply On Purpose and I have a link tree with all my active workshops. There's a big long list there, all the podcasts that I've been on. Um, I have a free course called the Staying Safe series, which helps parents to learn how to be in control of their self, themselves and helping them to dig a little bit deeper about why they get angry and what their story is there. And that's been, I've had lots of really good feedback about that. So go check it out. Thanks again, Ralphie. Thank you so, so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple podcast and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to 